Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org A-Y. That's puredesire.org A-Y. Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, helping you take back your life from unwanted sexual behavior and betrayal trauma. Happy day to you, listener. I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 295 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Show me the money! Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Would Show you... me the money, Jerry! Real talk. Would you recommend that movie to somebody? Eh, I mean, it's been 25 20 some years since i watched it yeah. so um i, I don't know it's, I just, not, it's not on the top of my list it just feels like it is a good movie and a very quotable movie that was enjoyable but it's one of those movies where it's like do i want to tell someone to watch this movie <laughs> or not like you complete me that's right I remember show that. me the money cute man was all over the place so good um okay so Let's get back. Sorry, I got lost in Jerry Maguire. Um, Tom Cruise, he's amazing. Um, okay, so today we had Bill and Eileen Fagan, who are two of our clinicians, married couple. They do uh, their counseling work together for us. And we had them on really to just talk about this, how counseling helps marriages. Yes. You know, and in the movie Jerry Maguire, uh, Tom Cruise plays a sports agent who has this revolutionary idea for his agency that immediately gets him fired from his job. And he's trying to do damage control and keep a, at least a couple of clients so he has business. And this, this athlete is wanting to know how committed he is. So he's like telling Jerry over the phone, I want you to you know, shout it, show me the money. And you know, it gets to that point where he's yelling it. And, and the, what the athlete played by Cuba Gooding Jr., right? Mm -hmm. What he's looking for is like, are you all in? Are yeah. you committed to my success in these negotiations? Because if you are, you're still my agent. And it made me think about that in terms of today's podcast, when we're talking about, you know, couples going to marriage counseling together, and particularly what Pure Desire offers with a very significant one-year process that can be uh, very time-consuming and uh, carries expense, and it's, it's yep. really an all-in kind of experience. But I, I think sometimes our spouse is looking to us asking that question of, are you willing to be all-in on this marriage? Because even if there's been addiction mm -hmm. or a lot of pain or betrayal, if a spouse sees you're all in on making this work, I, I think there's hope. And that's a lot of what we talk about today is how can marriage counseling benefit a couple who maybe is um, at some of that extreme place of, mm -hmm. is this going to make it or not? Or the couple that has just realized they need some outside help, some extra help. Mm -hmm. We, we kind of cover that whole spectrum. So um, yeah, I, I really appreciated what Bill and Eileen had to share, especially as two people that have sat on the front lines working with couples for a lot of years yeah. and from their personal experience can say, this has been worth it and here's why. And so I think people really, really get a lot out of the episode. And I don't know if everyone knows this, depending on how new you are to the show, that we do offer pure desire counseling. I mean, as, as mentioned, Bill and Eileen are clinicians, but we have a 12 month process and program that we walk people through. And this feels like just the right time to mention it and talk maybe a little detail so people have an understanding of what we offer and how beneficial it can be for a couple. Yeah, what we really like to think of is that we have taken what someone might experience in a, you know, a two-week intensive or 30 days at some retreat center mm -hmm. and we've 
taken many of those principles and broken it out over a year so that you are in your context, in your marriage, working on these principles, and it's a very specific pathway. Now, it, it may be altered some based on a couple's starting point or sure. what they need up front, but because we have seen a track record of marriages successfully being recovered, we say this is, this is a pattern we're walking in. So it's not just kind of a haphazard, well, what do you guys need help with today? Mm-hmm. Come and tell us your problems. It's, it's to help couples go through a journey of rebuilding the marriage, restoring trust, creating healthy pathways that's been you know, being uh, built on and developed since Ted Roberts was doing counseling 25 yeah. years ago. Right. So if, if you're considering it, the other thing I love about Pure Desire Counseling is that entry point is something we call the evaluation, which is really this initial no-strings-attached appointment where you let someone, um, kind of like a car mechanic, getting under the hood of your engine and, and being able to see everything that's happening and make a diagnosis that's what the evaluation is about. Mm-hmm. It includes some online assessments. It gives a real thorough picture to the peer desire counselor of what's going on in your marriage. And if they think you would benefit from the year of counseling, they will tell you that. And if they don't think it would help you, they'll tell you that too. And so it's kind of this great, hey, what have we got to lose? Let's do the evaluation. Let's see what they think we need. And if they recommend the one-year counseling program, then it's based on some real data and yeah. not just, well, it seems like this would be helpful. And mm-hmm. so I would encourage everyone, take that step of an evaluation. And if you find out you don't need it, well, great. Praise God that you're, right. you're in a place that wouldn't benefit you. But if they, say, if they say, we think you would really benefit from this, then you know, you've got the information you need to move forward. Absolutely. So if you're interested in more information or starting the counseling process with us here at Pure Desire, just go to puredesire.org slash counseling. All right, a couple things before we get into our conversation. Subscribe to the podcast. We're on all the major platforms. You can also find the full video episode of this on YouTube. You can follow us on social media as well, at Pure Desire PDMI. And with that, here is our time with Bill and Eileen Fagan on how counseling helps marriages. Bill and Eileen Fagan, it's been a while since we've had you guys on. We're excited to have you back. Thanks for being with us. Hey, we're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. It's funny because pre-show it was like, hey, you're not loud enough. And then the intro, we were really, really loud. Okay. They're good to know just where- excited. Good to know lots of energy. Um, okay. So as clinicians on staff at Pure Desire, you walk couples through the counseling process. Um, but for many, there can be this fog around the idea of, is counseling really helpful? Um, man, there are camps where it's like, is counseling even biblical or allowed? And so- uh, for us, we want to unpack how counseling, specifically pure desire counseling, helps marriages. We're still, you know, in our episodes in February, and so we want to keep this in mind that we're focusing on relationships, um, especially for couples who have unwanted sexual behavior and have been impacted by betrayal trauma. So, um, as clinicians, we're positioning you. I mean, you guys are the experts in this, and so we want to uh, use your experience and expertise. And let's just start with the first question, which is. Why do you feel that counseling is essential for some married couples? Yeah, really good question. Um, as I think about that, there's a couple of things that come up for me. Um, first of all, there's been a, a wound. There's been a something that's happened that's really hurtful, um, either in a moment, exposed, or over a period of time. And that's leading them to to come to us or think about coming to us. So when you think about wounds and conflict, people we talk to don't have much training in how to deal with those kinds of things. Family of origin typically doesn't prepare people to deal with conflict and these kinds of upsets. Yeah. And so there's, there's a real need there for someone. And if you think about it, um, you need someone who knows what they're doing. If you fell and broke your arm or your leg or had a gash that was bleeding, you wouldn't sit down and think, oh, hey, I'll take care of that. You would go to some experts who have some uh, professional experience in helping with that. And and it's the same kind of thing here. People are looking for someone, as you said, Trevor, to walk through this with them, to help them in in this process. And that's what we do. You've got got an addicted spouse who, like Paul, is saying, I do the things I don't mm-hmm. want to do right. and doesn't really know why in many cases. And you have the betrayed spouse saying, this isn't what I signed up for. This is very different. And when our worlds are turned topsy-turvy, oftentimes, most times, people don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And to speak to what Bill said about the wound, 
the Gottman Institute, who has done 40 plus years of marriage research, they say that couples on average come to counseling six years too late. Wow. And so when you think about that, they might not be um, seeing that the wound, uh, seeing the wound after six years, that 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 could have been the start of um, what the Gottman's call negative sentiment override, which is built over time, where where uh, couples just kind of stop having that fondness and admiration for each other, and and um, upset starts to set in. Hmm. So uh, that's why counseling helps us because we can um, help them to go back and look at what might have been the catalyst, what might have been um, the root of the issue. You know, for those who have seen our uh, introductory series, Sexual Integrity 101, on there, one of the, the interviews, um, the testimonies, uh, a man says, well, I had tried everything to stop. Well, I'd, he said, actually, I tried everything on my own. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't working. And I think that's the reality, especially when it comes to areas of our, our sexuality and these longstanding patterns. You know, most of the issues that we're dealing with at Pure Desire aren't something that just happened last night for the first time. It's like a pattern of years, of decades sometimes, of mm-hmm. unhealthy behaviors, sinful choices, and a person could honestly say, I've, I've tried everything I know to do, and a couple may feel that way, and that's where you can get the expertise of someone who's been trained in this area. And I remember in my own story having a mentor say, you know, Nick, don't you owe it to yourself to go to someone who's an expert and, and let them analyze what you need because you've tried everything on your own. And, mm-hmm. and I had it. He'd asked me the question, you know, how many times have you tried to stop? And I was like, well, every time, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of times were going to be the last time and it never was. And so, so his point to me was you need outside expertise because you've exhausted your storehouse of resources yeah. of how to try to handle this and it's not working. And so I, I think in particular, if a couple is feeling that way, like we've, we've tried what we know how to do. Um, and, and that's where then expertise can come in. And, and then the other, I think, side of it is what Bill and Eileen are bringing up. There are some situations that are just so overwhelming, mm-hmm. so beyond our mental capability to know what to do. It's like we, we need to get some emergency care now yeah. because we're, not, we're just not capable of handling what's going on. And so yeah. whether it's a longstanding pattern that's not changing or just the intensity of what's going on, I, I think that's when it really becomes essential that well, couples get counseling. Another thing too with that is that couples, and I know even in my own marriage, it's easy to get into the pattern where we don't make time to talk about things and hash right. out what's going on in our relationship. And so when you're in counseling and specifically when you're paying for professional counseling, there's more of an incentive to like, well, we better make it worth our time. Like this is what we're here for. We're here to unpack this stuff. So I think in some ways it creates an opportunity and gives more incentive to like, Let's leverage the time and the money that we're spending on this because we're, tr- I mean, you didn't come to counseling because things are going great. You know, you came to counseling because there are some things you want resolved. So it just creates that opportunity. Yeah. Right. That's a great point. We, we talk a lot about, we use the term slow fade. And if you think about that six year period, it is a slow fade, like the frog in the boiling water. They don't realize that they're mm. boiling and, and it's the same thing. And I think there's a lot of fear too when people first think about going to counseling. There's this idea of what lots of what ifs. What if I'm exposed? Yeah. What if uh, I find out that this marriage isn't going to survive? What if and, and fear will hold a lot of people back when it's actually the opposite's true. When you start to talk about mm-hmm. this stuff, it's therapeutic and it's helpful yeah. and it can often help you see things that you couldn't see before. So we're, we're kind of talking a lot about the need for counseling, and obviously as a, a ministry that has 17 counselors on staff, uh, we believe in it. Uh, but let's kind of look at the, the flip side too. Is marriage counseling, like the very in-depth process that Pure Desire offers, is it necessary for every couple? And, and why? when would someone consider, okay, this is necessary for me? Yeah. Well, I think the word necessary is really important in that question. Um, And as you suggested, Nick, people who have tried lots of things and haven't had any success often are in that group that it becomes necessary for. Mm -hmm. People who can't uh, think of or come up with another plan, people who are uh, somewhat desperate and don't know what to do, people who want to save their marriages but don't know how to do that. I think it's really necessary for a certain group of people who have gotten to that point 
where their lives have been tremendously impacted, jobs, security, relationships, mm. and things are kind of falling apart, and they're really in need of some professional help. Yeah, that's when counseling becomes kind of a life raft, gives them something to yeah. hold on to. And, you know, our job first on is to give people hope. Because when, when a lot of people come to us, there's, there's little to no hope. Mm -hmm. So when we can tell them, hey, there is hope, uh, and, and, uh, and we'll walk through this together. You're not alone. We're, we're walking the path with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's not necessarily a need for every couple, but I think every couple would benefit from it. You know, even in my own individual therapy, you know, my, my therapist's definition of counseling or therapy is just he's helping me put language to my experience. And I think that we yeah. all can benefit from that, that, you know, especially in this context with pure desire counseling, we're looking at why you do what you do and why you can't stop. And that is incredibly powerful when trying to recover from unwanted sexual behavior or an addiction. And then also for a betrayed partner who's felt like I'm crazy and I can't make sense of this to actually put language that starts to bring clarity and understanding of the situation and to help, you know, that spouse, that partner get a voice, like who wouldn't benefit from that situation, yeah, especially right, in this. Right. So is it an, is it a necessity? I don't think so, but I would always encourage someone if they're thinking about it, they should pursue it. Yeah. I was thinking of the illustration that it's a bit like having a, a personal trainer that if, if I go to the gym and, you know, there's others that I work out, that's kind of like having your group. Mm -hmm. And if I've got momentum, you know, I'm, I'm making gains and whether I'm weightlifting or losing weight, whatever my focus is, and, and I'm able to do it, I'm successful, then I probably don't need a personal trainer. But if the idea of going to the gym at all terrifies me, I don't know what to lift, where to start, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt myself, well, I'm going to need a personal trainer. And I, I think some people are in that boat when it comes to redeeming their marriage and dealing with these issues of sexual brokenness. They, they don't even know where to start, mm -hmm. where to begin. Like That's what counseling is for. But on the flip side, mm -hmm. if even if I go to the gym regularly and I make gains and I, I kind of know where I'm headed, I would still benefit from another person who has expertise in this area, mm -hmm. looking over my shoulder and saying, hey, here's something we could add to your routine. Here's something that would benefit you more. Here's a way that you're doing this lift that you, you might hurt yourself. Yeah. Well, let's do it this way and making those adjustments. So I totally echo that. I think every couple would benefit from it. There's always value in that outside uh, input, but for how many is it necessary? You know, I've heard Dr. Ted Roberts say a lot of times that uh, he estimates 30% of men or women in group will need mm. outside counseling in order to yeah. make it through the process because of the level of division in the marriage, uh, the intensity and length, you know, the length of the, the struggle or addiction, that there are some presenting factors like that. And we do have on our website, we have a uh, kind of a document that I think we call it when to refer or mm -hmm. referral criteria yeah. that's meant for group leaders to kind of read through a number of metrics to an answer the question, should I be referring this group member to counseling? And it's it's one of those lists that maybe not any one thing means, okay, go to counseling. But if you're going through a list with someone and several of the boxes are being checked, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, you're, you're really showing there's enough of an issue here that you would really benefit from counseling. And so if you have that question, you know, use that free tool, read through it, whether for, your, whether for yourself or a group member. And I think that could be tremendously clarifying. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, you know, to play off your analogy, Nick, I was thinking of, you know, in the gym, people have spotters, right? When they're, yeah. when they're lifting. Not that I'm like a professional gym goer. I mean, it anything. sounds like it. So go, <laughs> yeah, continue. <laughs> right. But, but um, sometimes, especially for a betrayed spouse, I can be that spotter. If I see her eyes glazing over, for example, um, and she's just stuck, you know, having that limbic uh, dissociative reaction, yeah. sometimes I can um, offer to be her voice and be that spotter for her and say mm. what she's wanting to say, but feel stuck. Yeah. And, you know, we always ask permission to do that with couples, but it's really impactful and it's really helpful. So just being that spotter too is really helpful. I really like the imagery of Bill and Eileen at the gym with Eileen spotting Bill for some, some bench <laughs> pressing. <laughs> That's right. At 400 pounds, I got this. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll put that up on Instagram this week sometime. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, okay. So in many marriages, um, <laughs> I'm tempted to say in all marriages, it's easier to see what our spouse or partner, like what they're struggling with and what they would need counseling um, for. But when a couple realizes they do and, and express interest in wanting counseling, 
why is it so necessary that we counsel a couple together? Like what makes that unique or dynamic or beneficial for the couple? Yeah. Yeah, we always talk about the dynamic of a two-headed counselor and how helpful it is. Um, when Bill and I started out, uh, we when, and we worked with couples, we discovered that um, it was really more effective when we worked with couples together. Um, and insurance didn't like it, right? Because insurance doesn't pay for a two-headed counselor. But um, for for us, it was really, we found it really helpful because first of all, it avoids triangulation where yeah. um, the struggling spouse or betrayed spouse would kind of try to get the counselor on their side. And there's no sides here. You know, we're for the marriage and, yeah. and for the, the union. And so for that reason, that's one of the reasons that it's really helpful to have um, two counselors there. Mm -hmm. I think, too, there's so much that's unseen. And, and that's yeah. part of what's going on in this environment um, that on both sides, the betrayed spouse has no clue about why the, the partner is doing what they're doing and continues to do it and continues to hurt them. And, and the betrayer has a, a difficult time understanding self and oftentimes doesn't understand where his or her spouse is coming from. Yeah. And, and so you've got these dynamics. Um, you also have all of these things coming from family of origin. And if you think about 18, 20 years spending in a family, and each of them has come from a different perspective mm -hmm. and learned different things about how life goes. And then they come together and it's like, what is this? And, and no one really taught them on how to unite and how to come together as a couple. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think this is really helpful for each of them. It makes me think of, I don't know if uh, you remember this, uh, Nick, but Mike Maxwell, I don't know if he said it on the show, but he used the example of um, like married couples are both taught to play the same board game, but they're taught two sets of rules, two totally mm -hmm. different sets of rules. And then when they get into their marriage and they start playing the game, it's like, oh no, that's not how you play. That's not how you play. Mm -hmm. But that's, I like that, that we have this script or framework that we both bring into our marriage. Yeah. Something else that my wife and I found so valuable as we did the couples counseling and had both you know, often Ted and Diane Roberts in the room or Harry and Debbie Flanagan, you know, having a couple that you worked with I think the way that both spouses feel like they have an advocate in the room is very, very yeah. important because I've heard a lot of people that go to counseling like, well, she's just on her side or he's just on his right. side or he's on her side. You know, if, if you have one counselor, one spouse or the other will tend to feel like they're on my side and or their side. And more often than not, it will be along the gender lines of, well, of course, she's a woman. She's going to take your side. Yeah. But if you've got a male-female clinical team working with you, then both couples, I think, can get over that suspicion of they're just out to get me or I'm the bad guy. It's like, oh, no, look, that the guy in the room, he gets me and he's with me. He's for me. He's trying to help me and vice versa. The, the wife feels like she gets me. She's for me. She understands what I'm going through. And I think the way that just can create um, a much higher level of trust. And that's one of the things that's been found in research that one of the highest predictors of successful counseling engagement is the level of trust or collaboration between counselor to counselee. That sense of, mm -hmm. they get me, I trust them, I underst they understand yeah. what's going on. And so I just think when both spouses have someone that they feel gets them, right. it creates that connection and, and success is a lot more possible. So yeah. Um, yeah. Bill and Eileen, in a lot of situations, people are more accustomed to, you know, if they get counseling, she goes to her counselor, he goes to his counselor, and they try to then go home and meet in the middle. But we really recommend that couples walk through a process together and as long as they're able, now in different situations, this is different, but as long as they're able to have both husband and wife in the room together, why do we recommend that? Why is that powerful as opposed to just, I go see my accounts or you go see yours and then we try to meet in the middle? What I love about the way we do it in Pure Desire is we do both. We get to spend time with them as a couple and then we also do breakout sessions where we we um, meet individually, and that kind of strengthens that alliance too. Um, and it's it's it it helps, especially if if there's some limbic reactivity, right? Somebody's starting to get angry, starting to get fearful, starting uh, to kind of numb out. We can take that break, and uh, then we can come back together and make a repair. So. Uh, having that is really, really helpful because they get both parts of it. I think too, the empathy and understanding process that 
can take place when they're both in the room with us together. Mm-hmm. Because both of them can start to unpack what's going on for the other person. Yeah. Uh, and oftentimes when they first come to us, that's not really what's going on. Uh, like in a boxing match, they're in separate corners. Mm-hmm. But over time, we can bring them together. And, and when they they can experience that sense of empathy for their partner yeah. on both sides, it's one of the most powerful experiences that we get to partake in in this process. Right. And what I usually say, I love this about my husband is, he um we we kind of do this crossover thing where he'll start to um to empathize with the betrayed spouse and he'll say you know well wait a minute that's not what she's saying or you know and then and then i can do the same thing um you know just talking to the the struggling spouse so we can kind of and it's it's has to do with co-regulation too Mm -hmm. where they can see how we're interacting and and our level of calmness and 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 then they can kind of feed off of that so that's another benefit yeah it's interesting i i would imagine there is power in crossing that gender line in the sense of there's a female clinician that's empathizing or coming alongside and shepherding the the addict who is a man like even that can be restorative in so many ways that's super cool that you guys do that um i think another aspect of doing the male and female clinicians and meeting together as a couple is that it gives shared language you know and we have that in our resources too where if you know a man is going through seven pillars and a woman is going through betrayal and beyond that there's language that they're starting to become familiar with and so when they have conversations back and forth there's language that they can, it's a foundation that they can build upon. And I think the counseling setting, it absolutely reinforces that, if not amplifies it, you know, 10 times in the sense that, oh yeah, remember when we were counseling last week and we had this conversation and there's just, there's a shared recollection of that. I know that's one of the most difficult things. I'll have a great session with my therapist or my wife or my friend will ask how it go, how it went. And I'll just be like, it was good. You know, and it's like hard to remember. It was really good, but I can't really remember why, but I feel amazing, you know, where that can be something they experience together and Mm -hmm. have that shared language. What you're describing is it's kind of like a junior high game of telephone. You know, Mm -hmm. did you play that in junior high youth group of like, you know, the the starting phrase is the man went to the store to buy milk and 20 kids have to whisper it in the ear of the next kid. And by the end, it's Superman jumped over the Empire State Building. You're like, what? (laughs) How did we get there? And there's no correlation. Right. But honestly, when couples are in trauma, um, and if you go to a counselor alone, you may say, well, my counselor said I didn't have to do that. Mm. And the other mm. spouse is like, what? That that doesn't sound right. Yeah. But you weren't in the room. You didn't hear. It's like, well, right. maybe they did. And and then that creates doubt or suspicion for that spouse. Like, man, I think your counselor might be crazy. Or I don't, how could they right. say that? Um, and the truth is, if you're in the fog of minimization and rationalization of your behaviors for a long time, you don't always hear things through the right lens. And mm-hmm. so if your spouse is in the room hearing it too, you both heard it together. It's like, well, that's not what I heard. Well, I think this is what we're being told. And on yeah. the flip side, if if you're in some of the fog of betrayal and hurt and woundedness, you may not hear everything correctly. And so if, if you're only hearing things separately and then trying to come back and parrot back to your spouse what you've heard or learned, it may be very inaccurate and yeah. might create suspicion for the spouse about who you're meeting with. So right. if possible, when couples meet together, it just creates that shared experience, like you said, Trevor, shared language, and hopefully getting on the same page sooner. Uh, the other thing I was thinking along these lines, in my work as a pastor, you know, I've worked with a number of couples that were headed towards divorce or on the brink of divorce. And what I found was fascinating every single time is they were describing different marriages. Yeah. It sounded like mm-hmm. to me. Like they would talk about their spouse and what they're doing. It was like, wow, that's terrible. And, and they would describe their own behavior. It's like, man, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Keep it up. And then I'd talk to the other spouse and I'd hear their stories like, man, they are terrible. <laughs> and yeah, you're doing the right, but it, you'd walk right. away going, this can't be the same marriage. Yeah. These can't be the same people. Because if you're only getting that one perspective, it's it's very skewed. It's very unique to that person. So as much yeah. as co- possible, when we're able to come together, share that experience together and let people speak into what we're experiencing collectively so that we're all describing the same marriage, uh, that really becomes powerful towards moving into healing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You brought up a good point, Nick. Um, the, and we'll use this technique with couples a lot where, um, the, the betrayed spouse will say something and then we'll ask the struggling spouse, what did you hear her say just now? 
And often it's not even the same thing yeah. that he was trying to say. Like, no, let's go back. Let's try it again. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And we can help them put language to lots of things that they struggle to put language to mm-hmm. um, in their relationship and in what's going on for them. Because a lot of this is very, very new territory for people. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like what you've said, Trevor, about when you were a youth pastor that, you know, parents are trying to teach their kids something. They come to youth group and you do a five minute Bible study and the kids go home like, oh, this was amazing. This is what I'm going to do. And the parents like, what? I've been telling you that for 10 years yes. and you're yeah. not listening. That just like that in marriages, sometimes hearing it from another person, like our spouse. And I remember this when Michelle and I did counseling, like she had just said something. But when Diane would rephrase and say, Nick, did you hear your wife say this? It was like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't. So just what you're saying, Eileen, like I hadn't heard it that way. Yeah. But as I'm hearing it from another voice without me reading into the tone and mm-hmm. what do you mean and all of our issues, it's like, oh, I, I'm hearing that now really for the first time. Yeah. Okay. So another situation that we run into, I know specifically at Pure Desire, but this is also something that's not specific to us. That let's say one of the partners or spouses, they're ready to jump into counseling and the other one is not. Do we recommend that spouse who's ready for counseling jumps into counseling on their own or do they need to wait for their spouse to get on board? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, we have so many uh, uh, areas that we can help with that. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we've got a spouse support program for just the betrayed spouse. and this has happened more often than not when she starts and the struggling spouse sees the changes, then he's willing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I always believe that if somebody is ready for counseling, even if their spouse isn't, then they should go, you know, going back to the gym analogy, cause I'm such a professional there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, if I, if I wanted to get in shape, and Bill didn't, it would, it would be kind of silly of me to not go to the gym because he's not on board. And then when he sees me getting all healthy and buff like I am, yep. then he's going to go, wow, maybe I should do that. Right. Yeah. You know, and we could even speak to that this week. We decided to uh, to kind of do, do a juice fast and, and be healthier this week. Well, it was way easier for us to do it together. Yep. At least it was easier for me because I had somebody doing it too, and I didn't feel like I was suffering. So it's great if people can come together. But on the other hand, the pursuit of health is important no matter which direction it goes. And if you're ready to pursue health yeah. and healing and your spouse isn't, then we encourage people to go for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've said it a lot on the podcast that your health is the best gift you bring to your marriage. And so if you yeah. recognize there's anything in you that isn't very healthy and you want to work on it, you're going to be bringing something still to help your marriage because you're focusing on having better reactions, being more patient, more calm, understanding your triggers, or dealing with unwanted behavior. Uh, The other thing I think is important to consider here is why might someone be resistant? Are they resistant just because they don't don't think they need it? Um, They think it's it's your issue and you should go? Then it might be an issue of some education of like what we've talked about today, helping uh, a betrayed spouse understand what's in it for them, that this isn't just to stop my behavior. It's really to heal the wounds in our marriage, the hurt that I've caused to help me hear you better. Um, so if, if someone's resistant just because there's kind of apathy towards, well, I don't know what it'll do for me, some more information might help. If, if the resistance is simply stubbornness, um, a complete blindness to their behaviors, how it's hurting, like I, I don't think you can wait bec- or, or even to try to bring information because that'll probably just make them angrier. <laughs> they need to just see, like you were saying, Eileen, the consistent model of your faithfulness to work on yourself and try to bring a better you to the marriage to hopefully um, maybe thaw the ice of whatever is holding yeah. them back. So just kind of be aware of why is your spouse resistant? And if you're the one, you know, kind of br- ringing the bell, like we got to go to counseling and it's just annoying your spouse, like be careful with that because yeah. I think you can actually drive them further away from what in the end would be really good for both of you. Yeah. And I think in this question too, it's important for someone to realize that Like I'm thinking about a betrayed partner because maybe that's a situation that people find themselves in is the betrayed partner wants to get help and the struggling spouse does not. Um, That there are other aspects of life and domains of your life that getting help and counseling will, you'll benefit from that. Maybe you're also a parent. And so, but the negative stuff that's going on in your marriage is causing reactivity towards your kids. And so you have to think about that. How am I treating people at work at like, how is my, 
my energy level? Uh, am I pursuing self-care? Am I pursuing my health? Like thinking outside of even your marriage, you can benefit from getting the help because guaranteed what's going on in your marriage is impacting and bleeding into all these other areas. And so even if you feel like I'm doing this and my spouse isn't in it with me, and this maybe isn't directly going to benefit my marriage right now, keep in mind that it is going to benefit you, which will benefit all other areas you're involved in too. Yeah, you're describing the holistic model of wellness, mm -hmm. uh, where if you divide your life into a pie chart where you've got um, physical health, emotional health, your passions, uh, spiritual health, that if you start to work on one of those areas, like you said, Trevor, it has that bleed over effect into other areas, mm -hmm. whether you intended to or not. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. always recommend people. Um, three seems to be the magic number. And, and we've done that with people where, where one spouse is resistant. We say, you know what, give it three sessions. If you're not feeling it, if, you, if it's not right for you, if this isn't a good fit, then we'll try something else. Mm. But some, and we've had so many uh, examples of couples who've come to us and, and the spouse will tell us later, you know, I didn't like you guys. Or I, we, we totally yeah. weren't into this. Well, we didn't like you and... either, bud. So that's great. <laughs> well, but, but what I was thinking of, there's the reluctant spouse, you know, yeah. the one who kind totally. of came kicking and screaming and mm. I don't want to do this. And then they get into it and then they find out there's real benefit yep. and things are changing and moving. And, and, and that's part of this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that idea of like, just give it a try. And, and yeah. that might be a conversation a spouse could have is to say, what have we got to lose? I mean, if, if this could help make our marriage better, wouldn't we be glad we did it? And if you go with me two, three, four sessions and it's still, you feel exactly the same way, well, then let's talk then about it not being worth it for you. But what have we got to lose? I mean, other than our marriage, right? Yeah. And if, if your hope and goal is to re redeem and strengthen your marriage, then hopefully the other spouse is at least open to say, well, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And knowing that they have kind of an exit ramp uh, could yeah. be valuable. So Bill and Eileen, you guys have done marriage counseling for a lot of years. Um, would you talk a little bit about how you have personally seen counseling um, impact and save marriages? I mean, you've had a front row seat for this for mm -hmm. a, a while. Yeah. So what have you personally seen? And if you can, maybe even share a story or two, obviously without details and names, but Share a story or two that comes to mind of how counseling was instrumental in saving a marriage. Yeah, we've, we've been really blessed to experience this with, with many couples uh, before Peer Desire and, and certainly in the, the years we've been working with Peer Desire. Mm -hmm. um, there are these lights that go on. There are these understandings, these, the empathy that I spoke about earlier. Mm. Um, and so they begin to heal. They begin to heal individually. And then they begin to heal as a couple because we have the materials to deal with addiction as well as the connected materials that we use to help couples see what works in successful marriages. Teach tools that, that couples probably didn't learn growing up, didn't learn as adults, didn't learn anywhere. And so this is a whole new world for them. And when they both are open, to these changes and these experiences, we've seen miraculous things happen in relationships. Mm. Um, kind of the first story that comes to mind is a couple that that we, boy, you know, sometimes there's just not a big sense of hope. Eileen mm -hmm. talked about providing hope, but there are those times where we're just saying, God, we don't know, we don't see it, we're not sure. And this went on for a good period of time until the process of disclosure occurred. And the process of disclosure wasn't easy to get to either. Mm. But the next session after disclosure, we saw, we saw on the screen in front of us the visible changes that had occurred between the time we'd seen them and the next time. And we both teared up as we just began to see them because we knew something profound had happened mm -hmm. and continues to happen in their lives. And it was really cool because they used to, they would meet initially in separate rooms. Huh. They were never together like yeah. we are. And, um, <laughs> cool. and the awareness that just happened over that time, even leading up to disclosure, you know, that, oh, our, my family of origin was fine. And then starting to realize maybe it wasn't so fine. And, and um, just having that, that like, we talked about that ally that, that you know we're not pushing anybody but we're just 
kind of reflecting back what they're saying. And then to all of a sudden see them um, after disclosure in the same room and smiling, mm. we just lost it. Mm. It was just amazing. That's... A lot of stories like that. Yeah, and I, I think it's good too, to, and that's one of the main reasons why we do stories of healing episodes on the podcast is to just remind people that it is very, very possible. I mean, I, I remember our clinical director, Tyler, saying that um, the percentage of couples that get into this, like, well, he said a couple of things. One, the percentage of couples that get into pure desire counseling, it's up in the 90 percentage of them restoring their marriage, but then also... It's the couples who commit to being truthful and going through a disclosure process are the ones that make it, the ones that right. are never fully honest and don't commit to that. And so it's so cool to hear even you know, from you guys, and I'm sure you could share hundreds of stories about how restoration has happened. Um, but I, you know, I, I just think it's important to remind even someone who's listening right now, like there is hope for your marriage. No, regardless of how messy it is right now, there is hope. And it's like the proof's in the pudding. There are so many. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of couples, maybe thousands who've gone through pure desire counseling and have come out with a marriage so much better than they ever thought. Yeah. yeah. And you're right about that 91%. If they continue the, through the, finish the program through. So, so I would want to encourage couples, if you're at the beginning or in the middle and you're not seeing it yet, stick it out. Yeah. You'll, you'll, find, you'll find hope and you'll find help. I, I know for Michelle and I, that was our experience, um, not really knowing what to do. And I'd never been to a counselor. Honestly, like I had never been to a counselor of any kind. And yeah. then we're going there for my addiction to pornography. I was like, well, this is going to be fun. And <laughs> didn't really want to do it, didn't want to go. But there was a, you know, first I'd say Ted and Ann Roberts and to our whole Pure Desire clinical team, a, a real grace to their approach an affirmation of, we get you, we know where you're at, we love you, we care about you, we want to see you succeed. Um, that, and then their expertise of, we understand addiction, we understand the brain, we understand what change looks like. There was so much more there than I thought possible. And it, mm. it really did transform us over the course of our, our year journey. Um, and, and that's why I guess what I'd say to anyone who's trying to ask that question, is it worth it? Is this going to be worth it in the end? If you've never walked this process, there is a lot more here to be done that, that you can get help with than you realize. Yeah. You don't think, you know, my perspective going in was, well, I, I just need a little help to stop occasionally looking at these inappropriate pictures. But I was so blind to how much more was going on in my thinking, my, my patterns of behavior that weren't just about the pornography. It was mm -hmm. so much else. And unless there had been someone in the room that could help me see that, I'd have still been stuck. And yeah. So that, that'd be my encouragement to couples that are asking that, is it worth it question? Because it can be a lot of time and a lot of money is to ask them, you know, if, if you don't do this and a year from now you end up divorced, wouldn't you wish that you had tried everything, that you had exhausted all resources? Because I, I think most of us would say when I, when I made my vows to my spouse for better or worse, I, I truly meant it. And now if I'm in some of the worst, I'm just like, well, yeah, we're, we're going to divorce. And it's like, well, have you tried counseling? Well, no, it's not going to work. Mm. Well, did you really try, did you exhaust the resources available to try to honor your vows, to yeah. try to make it work? And if at the end, you know, you, you walk this journey and they flake out and they don't stick with it and it, it'll kind of, in some ways, the proof will be in the pudding. It will reveal if there's something here that could be redeemed. But if there is something that could be redeemed and a year from now you say, if we could have a happy, fulfilling, connected marriage, would that be worth it? And you say, absolutely. Yeah. Then out of my personal experience, I would say to you, give it a try. What have you got to lose? Yeah. Because it really can be the the life saving, mm -hmm. life changing measure that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I I think it speaks somewhat to the trepidation people feel um, about going to counseling. And, and I used the analogy earlier about going to the doctor if you had a broken bone or a wound. But everybody's been to the doctor, mm -hmm. so they know what that experience is like. Not everybody, as you said, Nick, have been to counseling. And that can seem like an odd thing to do, but the encouragement that you provide is really important and a safe place for people to land yeah. to, to experience what this is, is so incredibly important. Yeah. yeah. And I think that we, we tend to, especially um, the struggling spouse is, is so fearful of being shamed. And, and that's a big driver. Fear is what keeps a lot of people out of it. But what we try to help them to see is that that's the symptom you know you know that this that's the symptom of the problem 
that the problem is the wound and you're covering up the wound with this this acting out this behavior procrastination or whatever it is it's covering the wound so let's go and heal the wound we're not going to shame you we're not going to yeah. um slap your hand and tell you to stop it we're going to we're going to empathize with you and and figure out what was the wound what hurt you mm-hmm. that you felt that this was the best pseudo solution yeah i think too and i don't know where people pick it up um, exactly. It can be the family of origin, church culture, just the culture at large. But the idea that um, if I ask for help, I'm not strong, when in reality, mm-hmm. the strong people are the ones who ask for help anyway, like even though they're afraid, even though, um, you know, I was just talking to someone recently that that adage of um, courage is still being afraid, but choosing to do it anyway, that idea. Um, and so I think that people need to know that it's okay to ask for help. And that's how you get healthy because you can't do it alone. Um, Let's just end with this. And this question, we've already answered this in so many different ways, but let's just like, if this is the only question someone listens to in this entire episode, like how would we silver line this? How would we summarize it? How does counseling help marriages? Gosh, you know, when you, before you finished your, your question, I, I was, um, just so wanting to lead with a with a heart cry because this is my heart's cry. We want to help you. We want to come alongside you. That's what God has created us to do. That's the calling that God has put on our life to come alongside people and help them. And we want to um, befriend you. We want to 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 hold your arms up just like Aaron did with Moses. Mm-hmm. We want to support you. Um, our calling is to pay it forward and to help people. Um, you're hurting and we want to help. And so, to, um, so if, if nothing else, um, it, it helps people, counseling helps people to see that I'm not bad, I'm not wrong, I'm not broken, I'm wounded. Mm. And, and we, we come into it with working with people with the utmost respect and, and, affirm them for even walking through the door so to speak so um i think there's so many ways it's such a broad question yes how how (laughs) counseling help marriages um there's there's so many ways it's again that holistic model spiritually psychologically emotionally uh, physically Mm -hmm. you know trevor when you asked that question the first thing that flashed into my brain was my father uh, and my own story my father being an alcoholic uh, who solved his problems or tried to through drink, through leaving. Um, and that left a trail of destruction uh, in my entire family mm. and certainly was visited upon me and the work I've had to do to overcome that. And so counseling is, is part of this process that he wasn't able, willing uh, to do for whatever reason. And the problem didn't pass when he did. The problem can continue uh, in my life and certainly has, but counseling for individuals and for couples can bring healing and health and incredibly new vision of what life can hold, but we can't experience that unless we get in. We can't experience the joy of swimming in the pool if we don't get in. And so Mm. we encourage people to take that step to see if it might be helpful. And as Nick said, you know, if it isn't, it isn't, and you can move forward in some other direction. But this can be and has been and continues to be life-changing and marriage-saving for many people. I was thinking about what Paul said in First Corinthians 13, that when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned mm-hmm. like a child. Uh, but when I became an adult, I put childish ways behind me. And in many ways, what we're dealing with in counseling is areas of immaturity in our life. And I, I don't mean that as a put down or a negative, but just a, a realization that it's not that I'm evil, making bad choices, there's something wrong with me. It's that there's an area of my relationship, my life, um, the way I make choices that hasn't matured, maybe along with my physical body. And so if you ask the question, how do I mature? Uh, it's typically through experiences that challenge us to grow and mentors who are helping us show us the way. Mm-hmm. And so in your relationship, in your marriage, uh, many of us, quite frankly, haven't had many mentors. And I think a counseling experience really can be that environment 
where you are appropriately challenged and stretched and experience something that really helps you mature in the way you treat your spouse, the way you think about your marriage. And, and outside of that, many of us will stay childish and immature. And, and the hope of a fulfilling marriage when we have very immature responses um, is, is, is it's not a very good uh, probability. So mm-hmm. I just think if you can get yourself an environment where you are st- stretched and challenged to grow by mentors who know the way and are pointing it to you, that, that's a valuable thing. And that's exactly what we're looking to do um, through mm-hmm. pure desire counseling. Um, and if, if it's a place where you're at, I, I think you need to really consider it and we yep. hope that you will. Yeah, the work of recovery, of healing, of sanctification, of growth is something that we all have to do individually, like with the help of the Lord, but no one's gonna do it for us. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't you wanna have a guide who knows exactly what they're doing, helping you do that work, helping you do it more efficiently and more effectively and that's really what counseling is, is having people who are guiding you through a process that they know, they've been through the process, they know where it's going, they know what's possible, um, but they also know how to help you do the work along the way. And as you can hear from our conversation, we very much believe that counseling helps marriages, absolutely. And that's why we love having 17 counselors on staff. We love that this is such a big piece to our ministry. And Bill and Eileen, you guys are a huge part of that aspect of our ministry. And we appreciate the work that you do and the expertise and experience you got to share today with us. So thanks for being with us. Thanks for having us. And wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help you take back your life from unwanted sexual behavior and betrayal trauma. If you or someone you know needs recovery and healing, go to puredesire.org and begin the journey today. If you like this episode or are a fan of the podcast, please share it with others. Make sure to check out the full episode on YouTube as well. And lastly, never stop being healthy. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We, we are the last person, and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.